Before we start this week's episode, we have a special announcement of a missing person coming out of OMAC, Washington. Chance Anthony Carson has been missing since February 20th of this year. He was last seen the morning of the 20th in OMAC, Washington. He was reported as a missing person on the Colville Reservation on March 15th, 2023. Foul play is suspected in his disappearance after it was reported that he had gotten into an altercation with two other individuals. The FBI is working in conjunction with the Colville Tribal Police Department and the Bureau of Indian Affairs Missing and Murdered Unit to conduct a formal investigation into the disappearance of Carson. The FBI is seeking information leading to the location and recovery and information leading to the identification, arrest, and conviction of any person involved. If you have any information concerning this, please contact your local FBI office, the nearest American embassy or consulate, or you can submit a tip online at tips.fbi.gov. For all the moms out there, uh, your heart has to hurt for his mom. And we here at Reservation Redemption are praying for his mom. She goes by Muffin, and she's been through an awful lot in the last year So please pray for her and her family, and let's hope that they locate Chance Carson. His mom misses him. Welcome to Reservation Redemption. We were in Yakima last week, and it was the resentencing for Chief, and he knew going in what had been negotiated, and he felt pretty positive about it. He was more concerned that the family felt it was fair. I appreciated that because I know it's hard for people to be in situations where they have family members in prison. And I think more of us have experienced it than haven't. And it's hard not to feel for the victims as well as your family members that are in prison and to be torn and hurt for both sides. It's a no-win situation no matter how you look at it and there's no way you can go back and make it right. All you can do is move forward and hope that it's enough to try to heal and try to forgive or be forgiven. One's different in their expectations and what they're hoping might happen in a situation where there's a resentencing and a opportunity for someone who had life without parole to walk outside those gates. And that is going to happen for Chief. So we don't want to give too much away. You'll have to wait to find out what happens in the documentary and see it unfold because I think it makes it so much more powerful. This week, I've got some prison stories for you so that you can get to know some of the guys that Chief has been working with on his 
restoration program and how he's helping them make positive decisions and just their everyday life and give them some hope. But I'll let you hear from them. Hey, Brenda. How are you? I'm fa- I've been better, but I'm <laughs> okay. Yeah. What tribe are you from? I'm from White Mountain, Apache. Apache. Got it. And how long have you been in Walla Walla? I've been incarcerated now for 15 years. Wow. Gotcha. So you did you grow up on the reservation? I did. I grew up on the Caldwell Reservation, actually. And uh, pretty humble beginnings. If you could tell me about your childhood and what that looked like, was your culture part of growing up? Okay. I came from a broken family, right? So my, my father came into town and... Uh, and he was gone. So he's kind of a rolling stone. And then I never got the, uh, I never got that part from him about my people, right? Right. So I was, I was raised around uh, others on the res, but I was around natives, but, uh, but there wasn't a lot of culture in my, in my family, right? There was a lot of addiction and abuse and addiction, right? So there's that. So, and then I was also subjected to a lot of drug use. So I, so it was like a new normal. It was like a normal for me. And uh, that kind of got, had a hold on me. So I would work and I had a family, but I, I was still using it. And then uh, when uh, my marriage ended, I started using a lot. And then I just went out of a downward spiral. And that, it led to me being coming in here. And when I got in here, I submerged myself in culture. And then I just, it gave me purpose and direction. And then all the ceremonies that we went to, I got to look within myself and see what my problems were a little bit at a time. And not so much to pass, pass blame, but just to find the truth of my journey, right, throughout my life. And then I started making little tweaks and little adjustments. And then I found, like I said, I found purpose and direction in culture. And then the beauty of it and in ceremony and then be holding different uh, positions, like I carried the drum, I carried the pipe, things that I didn't feel worthy of, but I felt like it was bigger than me, so I gave it my all. And then you have a lot, and like, you feel, you get a lot of, I got a lot out of holding ceremony for people and pipe ceremony for people who passed it. Elder honoring ceremonies and stuff like that, just to, to give back to the community. Because I'm getting older now, so now I see, I see value in service, and uh, and I try to share that with the youngsters, right? And try to uh, try to be a positive uh, voice in here. Yeah, I go to education, and uh, I've got a one year in baking, a one year in uh, bookkeeping, and I'm working a one year in business. I'm working on my second year. Uh, two years in plumbing, so try to uh, encourage people to educate themselves in, in that way too, not only just culture. It sounds like you're really taking advantage of everything that you possibly can to better yourself while you're in prison. I really am, uh, and then I got a really strained relationship. Yeah. I went for the sweat lodge in this and on our culture. I wouldn't have been the person that I am today. I've heard that several times, of course, and speaking with Chief as well, 
and how far he's come and having his culture introduced to him that he didn't grow up in it either. So I think that's amazing what you guys are doing and that you are passing it down to the younger generation or anyone who hasn't had that opportunity to learn about their culture. So when you get a second chance, do you think that things will be very different for you? I'm, gonna, I'm very aware of me now, and I understand why. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do fine. I've got a lot of support out there. Uh, the main, my, the most important thing in my life is my family. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna work to live, not live to work, right? <laughs> right. And, uh, and I'm just gonna not squander any time that I have left. Yeah, I think that. That's the difference, too, as we get older. When we're younger, we tend to be more selfish and focused on ourselves. And as we get older, we're focused on everybody else. Right. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah. And I think we probably stay out of trouble because we're, we're so focused on our family and kids and everybody who needs us. I think that those distractions probably help as well. You little kids doing just the goofiest things, right? And Uh parents are mad, and I'm laughing. I'm just, I've got so much patience for that type of thing. I just, I think it's amazing and beautiful to to watch little kids do stupid stuff. Right? (laughs) And just be kids. Yeah. Yeah, they're just being kids. That's that's the great thing about being young and having people that look out for you is that you can just be a kid and and that family support. I think we all know that means the world. And I know that when you do get out, you'll be probably looking out for all your grandkids and anybody who needs you. It's funny you said that because I'm going to be a grandpa for the first time on December 10th, right? Wow. And, uh, I'm going to start uh, gravitating to that area because I don't want to miss anything. Yes. <laughs> That's my main purpose. So I'm uh, my relocating. I'm changing all my plans just because of that little baby girl <laughs> that I haven't even met yet. <laughs> That's awesome. I've heard that being a grandparent is a lot more fun than being a parent. So yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to that one day. But my son's only 21, so I want him to wait a little while. Yeah, my son's 33. Oh, perfect. He's a mechanical engineer for Boeing. Wow. They just got married. And uh, as soon as they got married, then they started trying, right? <laughs> so pretty sharp kid. That's what we all hope for, that they're stable and can take care of their families. And, yeah. Yeah. Life is hard enough out there, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I am really, really happy for you and all the changes that you've made in your life. And it sounds like you're on a great path and... And uh, part yeah. of Chief's group. He's a great person. Uh, he's got a lot of medicine, a lot of strong medicine, and a real powerful, positive message to, uh, to, to share with all of us, right? And what's funny is uh, he doesn't see himself worthy, but he doesn't realize that he's a mentor to a lot of us. Yeah. Pretty humble, pretty humble person. I love that about him. He's one of the people I'll stay in contact with. Yeah. I think he's always going to be on a good path and have a really good foundation now. So, and 
I think the biggest message that I keep hearing is just that we need to get our youth connected with the culture and we need to get them connected with the elders that can teach them and pray that they're smart enough to have the respect to listen. It's pretty funny because you get a lot of these kids that are raised in the cities that are in gangs and stuff like that. It's really bad. Yeah. So you get a lot of these native kids that are trying to act from the city, right? And then as they get older... After uh, we've been down for a while, and you see these guys grow, and they start distancing themselves more and more from from them, and, and embracing uh, uh, their their culture, right where they belong, and and it's good to see them because then they have then they have a really good impact on the other kids who are going the same way because they can relate to those kids. So there's a lot of good things going on in here. Uh, I'm from the country. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I am too. <laughs> I grew up on the same reservation that Chief did. Oh, really? Over in Yakima? Yep. <laughs> okay, I'm from Olmec, so. <laughs> oh, right. Right on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've known Chief since we were in first grade. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> I hope that I was of some help. <laughs> yes, you were fantastic, and I think what you had to say will really help us out. And the message that we're trying to get out, that consistency that we're hearing from everybody tribal. It doesn't matter if you're inside, outside, everybody is saying the same thing. So I think that the message of consistency, I'm hoping, will ring true to some of these younger generations and that they'll listen. Right, exactly. Trying to figure out how to make a difference when I get out. I've got got an idea. I'm kind of blessed because I have resources out there. And one of them is like... uh, my, one of my friends is going to uh, retire, and he's given me an opportunity to take over an existing business, right? Mm-hmm. It's a chimney sweep business. And so what I wanted to do was get it, get established and then start to branch out, right, and franchise in different areas and then, and then invite Native people to uh, – I want I want to hire Native people and give them jobs. I want, I want to start with youth, anybody who – well, anybody, really, that wants a job. And then maybe throw some culture in between. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Yeah, if you can teach a lot of the spirituality that keeps people grounded and keeps them on the right path as well, you'll probably have some pretty good employees. Yeah, exactly. I like that. That's a good plan. Well, thanks, Moses. I really appreciate it. Yep. Nice talking to you. All right. Nice talking to you, too. Uh. My name is Daniel Minio. Uh, I go by Turtle, and I am part. I am a member of the uh, Puyallup tribe. And how long have you been at Walla Walla? I've been here since 2000, the late 2017, about November. And how long is your sentence? I'm doing a 15-year sentence. So so far, I know that it sounds like things are a little bit different when you connect with your other tribal brothers. What, what have you been doing since you got to Walla Walla? As far as, as, far as with, the, with, the, with the bros, like with the brothers? Yeah. Just in general? Just, I mean, in general, like culture, education. Right. So when I first got to uh, Walla Walla, I was in close custody. So uh, there wasn't much to really like do education or even work-wise. But when I first fell, uh, I, I didn't really. I didn't grow up in, in on the on the res or around the culture. Really, I'm from the east eastern Washington, and uh, so I didn't get to really learn a lot about the culture and stuff. So when I fell, 
it was the first time that I really was around a lot of nat uh, natives. And so uh, right away, uh, I was thrown into uh, learning about the pipe, learning about the sweat lodge, learning about the culture. Because I was, I came in, I was like, I want to learn about this stuff. It's, it's my heritage. I'm, I'm an enrolled tribal member, but I, I, I live six hours away from where my tribe's at. So over there uh, in clothes, there's a lot of people coming in and out there wasn't it's it's it, people don't stay there for a long time so uh, with people going in and out and a lot of a lot of brothers being in trouble a lot over there i was giving the pipe like within like three or four months of being over there so i'm carrying the medicines i'm carrying the pipe and uh someone else had the drum but i'm um, just i'm just kind of thrown into this i wasn't really i'm not i wasn't really into trouble so they and I, I was sober so they gave me these things, the sacred stuff. And so from right there, I started learning. I had, a, I had an older Sally who was Lakota, and he started teaching me kind of Lakota way and how to do a pipe ceremony and how to, how to handle the medicines and what kind of things to do. And I started reading. I started getting books. And so that's kind of where I started out like that. And getting the pipe and getting the chinupa, I, I kind of I saw that as a big responsibility. So I was doing my best, doing whatever I could to learn and to do it right as we go up there to the, the Wanipi, the sweat lodge, and learn how to do ceremonies and stuff. Learn about each and every one of the different medicines that we have. And so that's kind of where I was at. And then I was only over in close custody for about a year and some months before I came over here to medium where I am now. And I've been over here since the beginning of 2019. And I happened to move in. My first celly was the pipe carrier for over here and he was leaving in a few months and so within just like two or three months of being over here they're like well since you are a pipe carrier over there uh we'll just give you the pipe so i've i've been carrying the pipe pretty much the whole time i've been in prison since pretty much since 2017 late 2017 and uh so over here again over here you have a lot more of the older uh uh natives my chief and, uh, and Carson, Donald. And so over here, I had a little bit more people to teach me the ways and, and, and I learned more songs on the drum. It's been a lot better over here. And I carry the pipe, but uh, these guys know how to do the ceremonies and everything. So a lot of times they do the ceremonies, they run the sweat lodge, and I'm kind of like an observer. I'm kind of like a, a job shadower over here, even though I'm carrying it. I feel kind of honored that like they, they feel like they, uh, they can trust me with it, even though I'm kind of new to the culture. I feel like they see me as someone who is who is uh, willing to learn, and uh, staying out of trouble is like a, is a big deal because you can't have you can't have someone carry the pipe who's uh, in the mix, so to say. And I don't I don't have any like bad background with like gang history or anything like that. And I stay away from all the kind of bad or bad stuff around here. So uh, so yeah, that's why I'm carrying it. And uh, since being over here with Chief, I've learned a ton of songs. I've learned how to grass dance. I've been to a few powwows now. I can sing. I can speak. Well, I can't really speak any language, but I know a few words of my own language too. Because uh, I'm Kyalup and we speak. And uh, I can speak a few words, but I'm still learning. But yeah, so since since coming to prison and to this point now, my knowledge of the culture is, I would say, like 200% more than what I knew before. That's awesome. Yeah. So what are your goals? What are you hoping? I mean, you're in for 15 years. So what other goals do you have, like education? And you know, how do you yeah. think you'll leave the prison different? 
so uh, since I've been down, well, because I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, I got a lengthy sentence. I don't even get a third off because I'm high violent. So I'm doing 13 and a half. That's with a good time. My goal is was to get educated. So I already have, I'm already a certified HVAC tech. I took the HVAC course here and I've already graduated it. And I've actually been the TA, the teacher's assistant over there for the last two or three years, I think, two or three years. And I'm not... I'm not very good at school, but I was going to just give it my go anyways, because it's pretty much the only thing they really offer here. So I, I take that HVAC thing, not that I plan on taking that, but then it became an opportunity. I took it. I liked it. My goals are pretty much to make sure that I'm set for when I get out. When I fell, I had my daughter was four years old. And by the time I get out, she would probably be around somewhere 18. And even though maybe she might be an adult when I get out, I still feel like it's, it's going to be a lot. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to need to be there for her as soon as I get out. So my goal is, is to make sure that I'm, I'm stable when I get out. Make sure that my mind's right as well. And that's really why I'm so into the culture. Because the culture kind of helps you heal. and kind of helps you get your mind right. As far as like when I was out there, I was kind of in a bad way. So uh, pretty much my goal is, is whatever really my daughter needs. That's really, if, if when I look at, when I look at the future, she is like the main focus of it. So having a good career and being in a good way is the key, is, is the most important thing to me. You sound like a really smart kid. How did you end up in prison? Well, so I, I'm not really, uh, I want to, I want to call myself a criminal. You know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I, 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 this is the first time I've ever had a felony. First time I've been in trouble. It just on the outs. I, I, it's it's really girl problems. That's what it is. I have I have my uh, the child, the mother of my child. But we had broken up. I was in love with her. She was like my my uh, high school sweetheart. And my oldest brother, nine years older than me, he was trying to have her. And uh, they they did have a relationship for like a year or so. And he was trying to move away with her with my child behind my back. And there was all just a whole bunch of stuff. It's kind of, it's a kind of long story because it's not even just that. He was threatening other siblings of mine. And, uh, and so I just, when I found out the news about that, I, I kind of just went into a very deep depression. And I started drinking. And one night, I just kind of had enough. Well, he, he had threatened my life one morning. And then that night, I kind of just snapped. And, uh, and uh, I attacked him with a sword is, is what happened. <laughs> but uh, so anyways, I just kind of had a bad night. And I was it just kind of, and just kind of some bad things were happening to me, really. I, it's not like I was out there, I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't out there committing crimes. I was actually, I was doing all right out there, really, besides drinking, I guess. And that's just, it just was one bad night, and then I got a big sentence. That is a pretty big sentence, so, especially when there, yeah, <laughs> there's I mean, family involved. It's not like I just went and was committed a crime, and now I'm here. Yeah, it was, it's, it's pretty personal. Yeah. Um, kind of sucked, because I love my brother. His oldest brother, he's the one, like, we all look at, like, there's six of us, and I'm the youngest out of the six, and, uh, and we all look up to him, in a way. Mm-hmm. He just kind of turned into this, like, kind of bad guy, though, and on top of that, I found out that my dad had stolen a bunch of money from me to help that brother get out of a prison sentence, and I didn't know that. So then he ended up getting out of jail and then doing that other stuff to me. Also finding out that my dad spent all my money that I had in the bank account. It was just a really, it was just really bad. Yeah. And my, my mind definitely was not right. And then what do I do? I go and drink. Right. So I mean, on, and then I didn't know what to do. 
Well, it does. It sounds hard. The people that you trusted the most are the ones that hurt you the most. Right. Yeah. And that's what made it hurt worse, right? Right. Yeah. I was just my brother. uh, I I really tried with him. I'm not someone. I'm not someone to like want to hurt anybody. And I kept catching him in lies. And then he threatened me (laughs) again, even after all this. And I was just, I just kind of had enough. Yeah. Well, I certainly understand that. I'm glad that you're you're on a good path, and I hope that you don't let family or anybody push your buttons and make you make bad decisions that are going to affect you more than them when we react to things. And we're all guilty of it, and we all do it. It's just at what degree, and, and that's too bad that it was your first offense and it was that intense. Well, I am hoping that things turn out really well for you and you're able to achieve some things there while you're inside. And I know that your band of brothers there are all supportive and they've done some amazing things for people on the outside. Yeah. I love what's happening and who you guys are becoming spiritually. I think it's amazing. And I love that you're learning about your culture and Uh, getting that opportunity because I have a feeling after you really get immersed in that when you're out the next time that people won't be able to push your buttons all right I think it'll be different yeah and it's it's a gift like because I mean there's a lot there's a lot of places that could have went to be able to end up in a spot that I feel like is rare around in Washington in all these states because to be around chief and some of these other guys who aren't going to lead you in a bad way. Because I already kind of saw it in close custody. Like, you and those guys were, like, they were culture. They were native. They were kind of in a bad way. So uh, for a guy like me to end up in a spot like this was, I mean, that was crater. Uh, I could have picked a better spot. And I, I'm really happy that they have that group there. And I, I hope that it continues even after Chief leaves. And I hope that you'll be able to be a big part of that and become a leader in that group because it sounds like you're definitely on the the right path now. Right. Yeah. Is there anything else that you think that you would like to say? Any message you would like to give a younger you? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I don't don't know what I'd say to a younger me. I would honestly, I would tell a younger me, don't let your emotions get ahead of you and stick to the positive. Remember what you love until you love. And don't let things eat you up. It's kind of hard because I can only imagine if if I were to hear that from my future self, it would still be very hard because that was a, a pretty bad way then. But I would also tell myself to never give up. A great message for a lot of people, for sure. Thank you so much. It was really nice to meet you and I'm wishing you the best and a lot of success in the future. Are you ready for the next one? Or are you still yep. Using nope, we're ready. For the next one? Yep, ready for All the right. next one. Okay. Here, here, here we go. All right. All right. An inmate at Washington State Penitentiary. This call will be recorded and monitored. If you wish to block any future calls of this nature, dial 7 now. To accept this call, press 5. Thank you. Uh, okay. This old man's from, uh, he's an Oneida from Wisconsin. Okay. Where it's where he hailed. But he's been here. He'll tell you the story. Yeah. Okay, here he is. Okay. Yeah, hello. Hi. I'm Brenda. 
<laughs> okay, Brenda, my name's Neil. I'm from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, my tribe's located near Green Bay, Wisconsin. So, yeah. Neil, how long have you been at Walla Walla? I've been here. I've been here since '85, and then I started my time in California in '78. Wow! So you've been there a long time. Yeah, I've been incarcerated for a long time. Yeah. On this one, yeah. I know that Chief speaks highly of you, and that you've been there with the group. And are you a big part of teaching some of these younger ones about the culture? Uh, I I do my part as far as teaching beadwork and uh, making regalia and stuff. Uh, that's about it. I can't really teach them language or anything like that because I don't even know it myself. Well, I like the whole concept of, uh, as far as practicing Native uh, native lifestyle, and I like that a lot. That I kind of live by those, uh, I don't know, I guess you call rules or ways of doing things. <laughs> what do you see in this younger generation that's different? Uh, I think it's a lack of awareness and also a uh, lack of respect for themselves and, and the people around them. You want to play the gang stuff or play, play the gang, gang mentality thing. I, I'm not down with that anymore. It's interesting as we get older, our perspective is definitely different than when we were kids. That is for sure. Yeah. yeah. I grew up with Chief, went to school together since first grade. It's really interesting to see who he's become and how much the culture and learning about it once he was there has changed his life. Well, if I were to know more about myself as a, as a young young man or a young kid, I think I would have been a different person totally because I would have took a different route in my lifetime. I had an uncle tell me that I was going to end up in prison and I told him he was wrong and after he passed away, uh, three years later, I was in the spot where he told me I was going to be. So what do you think you might have done differently as a kid or you wish you could tell your younger self to do in order not to end up there? Well, when I was a younger, <laughs> a young man, I, I didn't listen to anybody. <laughs> I had more or less been hard-headed about accepting the consequences or the truth about what was going on with my life. So I just kind of like went with the flow with things. And when I started uh, living on my own, I started taking healing and stuff. That was my, my uh, I guess, my, my path I choose. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I wish I would have learned how to be a better man the only thing I could say, because I wasn't, I wasn't a very good one when I grew up. <laughs> I, was, I was into a, a whole lot of different stuff, and not, not, not of it was good. <laughs> Getting involved with drugs and stuff, too, didn't help, help anything, because it, it, that was more of a hindrance than anything else in my life. So that kind of like dictated how I uh, was going to proceed my, my next level of... Uh, trying to come up with uh, with money and stuff that I live on. So, yeah. Being a thief was, was my was my first choice. And if I had learned how to be a, a hard worker, learned to, learned to trade, uh, 
I think my life would have been a whole lot different. So when do you get out? Well, I go in front of the board in January of 23, so hopefully November of 23 I might be out. What do you think your life will be like when you do get out? Uh, I really have no idea. I'm kind of leery of wanting to go out, <laughs> to tell you the truth, because uh, I have nobody that I can count on because I've always done for myself, but uh, I can't even do for myself right now. So I'm kind of like in a, I'm in a situation where failure is highly up there as far as uh, me being a successor, success and a successful member of society. And uh, I'm going to be dependent on, on, on the state to look out for me. And that's not a, not a thing I want to do. I want to, I want to be able to provide for myself, but it's going to be difficult. Do you plan to connect with people at your tribe? Or within other tribes, do you know where you're going to end up? Well, I'm going to end up in, in King County somewhere. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, you know, so, but the way things are out down the streets out there, if I end up being a victim of something, then, then rather than being a predator or whatever. Right. I know it is a little scary out there now, for sure. Seattle area has really changed a lot and not for the good. I'm really hoping that there are some programs through the tribes to help you get acclimated because I know that's going to be a big change for you. And uh, well, I was when I when I when I ended up in prison, <laughs> they didn't even have cell phones or any of that. What they had was a box, a box uh, radio, <laughs> or what is what they call a telephone that was hooked up to the to the car, but they only had a 10-mile uh, radius. Wow. So, yeah, you, so you've been in prison since 1978? Yeah. That just seems insane. So, well, that was pretty, pretty insane when I when I committed the crimes I committed. Yeah. So I, I don't blame the, uh, the justice system or any of that for, for what else to for what I've done or for how how I became incarcerated or any of that. Those were my choices at the time. How old were you when yeah. you fell? I was 28. Wow. And I'm, I'm 72 now. So, <laughs> so you've met a lot of young guys coming in and out of there. More than once. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some repeat guys come back through, and uh, it disappoints me because... They know better. Right. Or they should. And this ain't, this ain't a life for anybody. <laughs> I don't see how anybody could see that this would be anything other than, than a stepping stone or something because it's not, it doesn't bring any credibility to your character or anything. And, 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 it, and it takes away from learning something like becoming better than you are. This year just drains everything out of you. <laughs> yeah. So prison like this, prison like just drains you. Period. It doesn't doesn't help you. Doesn't change you if you don't want to change. Uh, if you have a mentality of being a criminal.
criminal, this, this place ain't going to help you change it. In fact, it'll probably make it worse for you. So groups like Chief's group with his restorative plan, do you think yeah, that's, yeah. that's really helping a lot of these younger guys coming in now? Well, I look, I look at it as being something that you have to recognize within yourself because if you don't accept responsibility for your own actions and you keep putting the blame on, on somebody else or somebody did this or somebody did that, you're always going to avoid it, avoid the responsibility you owe society. So that's very the true. Group itself helps. The group itself helps you pinpoint where you're where you're, where you're lacking courage to uh, correct the things that you need to correct in your in your heart. Uh, just being honest with yourself is the most difficult thing to do in anybody's life. I mean, you have to accept the fact that what you did was really terrible. And it doesn't matter what uh, ethnic group or anything like that uh, uh, dictates how you how you uh, how you accept responsibility. It's your personal character that you have to change. You have to change the the, the things inside yourself that need to be changed to become a better person because the character that you built around yourself is flawed. So it took me 40 years or better to, to learn that. Because I, I, got a, I have a flawed character. It's hard, to, it's hard for anybody to accept the truth about yourself. And that's the only thing I can say about the program that Chief does is that you get to look at yourself and realize that the things you've done is not it's not right. It's not a, it's not a uh, I don't know, I can't really say for sure how how to uh, explain the uh, the guilt you feel about not doing things. So with uh, I don't know, with a lot of uh, self analysis I guess you could say uh, you have to make make a change in your, how you see things, how you perceive perceive yourself in life. Does that kind of explain, explain, explain yes. the group to you? Yes, I like that. That's that's a good perspective. Like I say, it took me 40 years to learn to accept responsibility for my actions because I used to blame the victim for, for my, my actions towards him because he was trying to protect his family and his welfare. And I came in there trying to steal things from him. I ended up killing him. That part is where I regret my 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 flawed uh, my flawed concept of life is is take what I can and you know the hell with anybody else. And that's well, my head was at at the time. Do you think now that you might be more inclined to be of service to others? My choice is going to be trying to give back to somebody else so they don't end up in places like this. I mean, I made that choice years ago to be a knucklehead. Now I'm going to try to direct other people to make a different choice because this is not a life for anybody. I wouldn't wish it, I wouldn't wish this on anybody, even no matter what they did. Yeah. This is probably the worst thing you could 
what a person through you locked up in a cage for the rest of your life. Yeah. Better off just executing them and letting it go at that. Whatever life has dealt you, man, there's always a different road to take. That's one lesson I learned. Whatever the problem is at any given time, there's always an answer for that problem. It's got to spend the time to look for it. You can't find the answer, then you have to seek it from somebody else. There's always somebody out there that has an answer for you. It's very true. I think that's really it's a good way to look at it, and it sounds like you have some pretty valuable advice. I hope you get the opportunity to share it with someone who might really need to hear it. Yeah. I, my plans are to be around a lot of uh, Native centers and visit those uh, every chance I get. And if I have an opportunity to talk to somebody, yeah. I have a feeling that you're going to have a good effect on somebody and change their path. I wish you all the success, and I'm really happy that you're going to get the opportunity to get out here with the rest of us and see this crazy world and what it's turned into. 60 seconds remaining. <laughs> well, I appreciate your listening to my story. And, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. For I sure. you want to interview somebody else, so I'll <laughs> get off the line. <laughs> all right. Light you up with somebody else. All right. Thank all right. you Thank so you. much. All right. All right. You take care. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye. It has 30 seconds remaining. I'd like to thank Moses, Daniel, and Neil for sharing their stories. It's really interesting to me listening to three men from three different tribes that all ended up at the same prison tell their stories and give us an understanding how they got there and hearing their stories about where they plan to go once they're out. Probably the most heartbreaking story with Neil, who has been in prison for most of his life. And you can tell he's nervous about what's going to happen once he's out. I truly hope that he gets the chance to speak to young people and tell them about his history and what he's experienced and how he would speak to, you know, the 20-year-old version of himself, because I have a feeling that would be a really interesting conversation to listen to. Well, thank you for tuning in to Reservation Redemption. And if you would like to give us any feedback, you can email me directly at bfisher at untamedriver.com. I would love to hear from you. If you want to support us on social media, please follow us at Res Podcast on Twitter and at Reservation Redemption on Facebook and Instagram. Please follow us, subscribe, hit the bell to know about the next episode. And truly, thanks again for listening.